Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Ron Wilson, CEO at InterviewStream and the host of Talent Storm, where we'll chat about everything that meets at the intersection of talent and organizational performance. We're focused on exploring the tips, tricks, and techniques for identifying and fostering talent and creating high-performance cultures and teams. I'm excited to have Dr. Joe Lipton with me today. Dr. Joe is an author of six books, a speaker, coach, and registered dietitian. She has appeared on more than 300 radio and TV shows, including CNN, The Daily Buzz, and Fox News Channel. Blending science with a healthy dose of reality, Dr. Joe has presented thousands of programs to clients around the world. She energizes individuals and organizations for improved productivity and performance without debilitating stress and burnout. She helps organizations ensure individuals remain healthy, sane, and productive, which is more important than ever. Dr. Joe, welcome to the Talent Storm Podcast. I'm really excited to have you with me today. Hey, Ron. So it's awesome that uh, you're joining me today. I think uh, what you do and uh, what you impart upon people is more important than ever. And you know, before we jump into that, would you mind sharing a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Oh, goodness. I think you did a really good job of summarizing everything. But, you know, just, um, just I guess, just to share a little bit about how I got involved in this whole idea of energy, which we're going to be talking about today, you know, kind of goes back, even back to my teens. I got into the field of nutrition because I had an eating disorder. I was anorexic and bulimic and all that. Even when I got my eating under control, I found that I didn't have the energy that I used to have when I was younger. And, uh, and I think this is true for all of us. For me, it happened at a younger age because of what I did to my body. But I think most people, somewhere in their 30s, 40s, you know, all of a sudden it matters what you do to your body. You know how when you're in your 20s, you can do almost anything, eat anything, not get sleep, you know, and you can still perform. But at some point, all of a sudden, all of that really matters. So... Yeah, that's why I uh, like to help. Yeah, that's why I work with organizations to help their employees to get past all that. Yes, uh, I guess uh, mother and father time does have a, a way of sneaking up upon us, and and, and what we uh, may been may, may have been able to do in our teens and twenties, uh, certainly we have to evolve our thinking, and and um, and uh, that's you know I'm I'm really interested in exploring that with you and. You know, I'd love to, uh, to start with uh, peak performance. And I know you're somebody who really advocates, you know, for peak performance. And, um, and, and I think, you know, you talk about the missing link uh, to yes. productivity in, in peak performance. And uh, I'd really love to spend some time leaning in to that area and, and really, you know, talk about what, what is the missing link to productivity and peak performance and, and uh, talk about, you know, those, those subjects. Well, think about when we are hiring individuals for our organization, we consider a lot of things, our ed their education and experience, make sure they're a good fit for the culture. And then when they come in, we make sure that they're trained, they have the right equipment, that they're safe, whether it's PPEs or whatever else is needed for their job. You know, maybe have all the productivity apps that they need, the messaging apps and they're, and you know, they're working productively with everything that we give them. But one of the things that we forget is that these individuals, I, I think, you know, human resource is the most valuable resource within the organization because none of that matters if the person isn't working right. But we forget about what fuels this 
person. I mean, we know that our cars don't work unless we put gas or plug them in. We know that, you know, same thing with our computers or the equipment, you know, in the, in the factories. But what fuels the human body? It right. doesn't happen by accident. No, and, and, and what's interesting is, you know, like you said, organizationally, you know, companies don't think about this. Leaders don't think about it. They, they think yeah. about, you know, their individuals as just machines, frankly, and how do we yeah. train and condition this machine to go do some repetitive tasks? And, and, uh, and that obviously doesn't get the most out of people. It, it so, doesn't, you know, because it doesn't matter that training is not going to even sink in unless it's pro the body is properly fueled. And when I say fuel, I talk about small changes in the way that we eat, sleep, move, and think that fuels the human body. Because I mean, you know, look at some of the statistics. I think most uh, people like in the self safety and healthcare field think about the sleep part, because I know that when people um, are not getting enough sleep and not getting good quality sleep, like for example, in the trucking industry, we're you know, very familiar with like sleep apnea and making sure that we're getting tested for that. But um, we know that when we don't get enough sleep, we're more likely to have errors and accidents. But you know, think about it, even if you're sitting in front of a computer all day, I mean, how does the brain operate? Well, it needs fuel. And so it's not just any old food, it's not just any old amount of sleep. We know that just simple things like standing up, I mean, that's the popularity in, in standing desks or taking breaks, giving permission for people to have breaks or have standing meetings or walking meetings instead of sitting down at Zoom calls. Like for example, I'm standing up right now because the research supports that when we stand up, you know, it does help to turn on the focus and the creativity. We're more productive and more engaged. So we get better performance out of our employees. I couldn't agree more. And I actually have a standing desk too, you know, a convertible one. I'm actually sitting yeah. right now, but, but uh, I agree. I mean, I don't think we as humans weren't, uh, weren't, weren't built to be sitting on our rear end all day, you know, staring in front of a computer. And, and, and obviously that has effects. And, and I, um, you know, going back to the, the fueling your body and fueling yourself, and I love the fact that you talk about the four different aspects of fueling yourself, because I think intuitively, I would imagine most people think, oh, fueling your body, that's just, that's all about eating. Well, no, what you're talking about, yes, eating is certainly important. So diet, nutrition, and what you put right. in yourself, but sleep movement, which I would call, you know, kind of exercise, fitness, if you will, and then thinking. And I would imagine that may be a, a, a mindset, mindfulness type, you know, kind of approach to it. Stress, and I, stress management, building resilience, that's where all that comes from as well. Yeah. And so right. I just wonder if, if, if we could unpack each of those and talk okay. about like how you coach people in each area. Um, because I'd imagine, you know, like the important, because I, I agree wholeheartedly. I've, I've always believed you need a balance amongst these things, or as I like to say, you need to make sure the imbalance never gets too out of whack in any right. of these. Because I, I think the balance is actually a, an illusion. It's like it's never going to be perfect, but it's really about making sure that, you know, that seesaw doesn't get too far. And so I know you spend a lot of time with, with organizations and people, you know, helping um, make, make people aware of this. And, and so if, you, if we're thinking about it from an organizational perspective, like you said, you know, if, if I want to be really a forward-thinking leader, a forward-thinking mm -hmm. organization, I need to lean into my people and the mm -hmm. human aspects of it. And really, 
awakening around making sure my people are properly fueled. And so how do you like, how do you go about like coaching people and illuminating this, um, you know, for people kind of in each of these different yeah. areas? And, and, you, and you brought up a really good point, Ron, because it really doesn't matter about educating the employees. If the leaders are not on board with this, mm. nothing else matters. You can teach employees like how to eat, how to fuel their body. But if the employers are not giving them some flexibility in their schedule to allow that, for example, I mean, think about in the healthcare industry, we have, we have nurses that are staffed, other health professionals as well, but I work a lot with nurses, you know, the staff for 12 hour shifts, and then right. they tell me they can't take a break because of staffing or because of responsibilities, or even when the, you know, the cafeteria isn't open in the evening and the only thing they have is the vending machines. I mean, you gotta think about how can you, um, can you fuel those people? How can you help them to succeed? And uh, you know, whether it's having a break room nearby or providing them with some food, or giving them, you know, a, a person who rotates and relieves people so they can get their adequate breaks. I mean, so I think people innately know they need to eat, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of confusion about that. Probably the most classic example are those individuals that are highly successful at their job, but they get home, they sit on the couch, and they zonk out, you know, like they 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 fall asleep maybe or they snap at the kids and the and the partner in the household they 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 have none of that balance that you were talking about earlier and that's because they don't fuel their body they say to themselves oh i'm not hungry for breakfast i don't have time same thing with lunch oh i'm just sitting at my desk so i don't really need to eat and and we forget that you know like the brain well, the rest of the body can work on a lot of fat. So we can say, well, I got some, I got some fat stores there. I'll burn them. I understand. Yeah, but the brain need, <laughs> needs constant fuel. That Snicker commercial is so appropriate. We know when we are out of fuel, we act like a different person. That's when we make those errors and accidents. We snip at other people. We have a hard time with relationships. All of that's gonna impact our work. So when people go all day long without eating or without eating very much or drinking mostly coffee, donuts, cookies, whatever's available at the meetings, well, no wonder you know we don't perform at our very best and then most importantly, then we get home to the most important people in our life, or at least we say they are the most important people in our life and we have nothing left to give them. So, um, so, are you advocating then, you know, so from a, an eating perspective, are you advocating for the traditional and I, is it the USDA or USFDA or whatever, you know, three meals a day, wake up and eat your breakfast, you know, lunch, dinner, or, or kind of what's the approach for proper fueling? I know there's a lot of diets out there. There's yeah. fasting, intermittent fasting. I mean, there's all these different approaches that people are taking. And obviously, you know, given your background and expertise in, in, um, in diet nutrition, and what, what do you, you know, how should we be fueling ourselves and our brain as, as you uh, indicated? Well, let me, let me first talk about the intermittent fasting because I am a registered dietitian. I do medical continuing education for health professionals. And I did one on intermittent fasting and looked at the research and really found that even though they talk about the fact that it does help what with weight loss and lowering cholesterol, 
never do they measure people's energy, you know? Mm. So I don't care that you lose weight and your cholesterol goes down if you don't have the energy to sustain life in the fashion that you want, that your employee wants for you. But regardless, they found that it was no better than losing weight in another way. And in addition, think about it. intermittent fasting, by the way, for those of you who don't know it, is like fasting for about 16 hours. So while you sleep and another eight hours, and then allowing yourself an eight hour period of time in which you can eat all your food that you want. The thing is, uh, we used to call that skipping meals. <laughs> like, what is the difference? You know, we know skipping meals doesn't help with our energy level. So no, I, I'm, I'm actually a fan of the three meals a day. I know, and I'm not saying they have to be at a set time. If you're not hungry right. at five o'clock in the morning, well, gosh, don't eat, you know? But my guess is you will get hungry at some point, And that hunger is a signal that you need to fuel. It's kind of like, you know how like you have to go to the bathroom? Right. Do you ever, you ever put that off, Ron, and say, you know, I'll just put that off for another eight hours? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Especially absolutely. not in my age. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we don't ignore that signal. Well, right. you know, when our stomach growls, that is a signal that we're running low on fuel. And even if you say to yourself, well, I got plenty of fat here, realize the brain needs glucose, which is a carbohydrate, which comes from eating those meals on a regular basis. So, so I would assume then uh, for, for, for those of us who think coffee or tea, drinking that all day is actually the fuel that, that, that I would assume this is actually just tricking ourselves. That yeah, isn't that funny? I call that fake energy because or even energy drinks for that matter, when you think about it, um, you know, I know calories has a bad uh, connotation that goes along with it, calories, but if you actually look it up, do you, do you have any idea what the word calories means in the dictionary? What the definition no. is? No. It's a, it's a measurement of energy. Oh, you know, interesting. It's a in other words- Nobody talks about it that way. I know, I know, I know. So in other words, when you don't eat enough, you're not gonna have enough energy. Caffeine has by itself, I mean, obviously you put a milk and sugar maybe or whatever in it, but by itself it has no calories. So it cannot, it cannot give you energy. What it does is it's a stimulant drug that makes you think you have energy. It increases a little focus and attention, no doubt about that. I'm not bashing right. caffeine, but again, you know, most people don't realize it is not the thing that's going to fuel creativity, to fuel productivity. It's just gonna make us think that we have energy. We're on drugs. Yeah, no, I, it's like, I, I can, um... I, I almost want to like, you know, uh, have a confession about my intermittent fasting and, and kind of focus on fasting that because I, 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 I've been doing intermittent fasting for about a year and a half, um, mm -hmm. you know, more or less. And then, you know, I typically do a 24 hour fast like once a week. And uh, but I drink a tremendous amount of tea and highly caffeinated tea, which somebody, you know, which somebody illuminated to me that this is actually your appetite suppressant. This is why you're not feeling it. But what often happens, like you said, late in the day, I feel like I'm, I'm exhausted. And, and I'm like, why am I so exhausted? I'm usually somebody with so much energy. And uh, I think you've, uh, you, you've made me aware of, uh, of my errors and what I'm doing and how it's yeah. actually counterproductive to my energy level. And, and a lot of research is showing that even though you do lose weight on an intermittent fast, right. it's not all coming from fat. Right. No, that, that's a, that, that's a, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
you know, another area just kind of going down this list of the, these four areas is sleep. And, and this ah. is an area that, that I, you know, I could tell people, I used to always, you know, pride myself, oh, I'll sleep when I retire. I could pull all nighters all the time. And, and, um, and I recognized that, you know, it, about two years ago, I, I you know, it, I, somebody illuminated to me, you know, um, um, around, uh, around the, the fact that sleep is a critical aspect to success. And, um, and, and I'd love to just get your view on, on sleep and kind of what, you know, yeah. what you talk to folks about, uh, you know, the importance of it and what they should be you know, focused on. You know, I was working with a very highly successful executive of a major corporation. And uh, he came to me because I am a registered dietitian. So people typically think of diet, but in fact, my training is well-versed in all aspects of wellness. But anyway, he came to me because he said, that he all of a sudden he got his lab work back from his doctor. And as he was looking at his lab work, he said, oh my gosh, I have become my dad. He said, my dad died of heart disease at the age of 50. I'm 49. I've gained 50 pounds during my career. My cholesterol's up, my blood pressure's up. You know, I am freaking out. I've got to get this weight off. And so as we talked about everything that he did and his lifestyle total, because we talk about everything, the way we eat, sleep, move, and think, that's all part of it. Um, what, I, what, I, what really struck me was the fact that he wasn't sleeping very much. He was said he was getting along with four hours of sleep. That's what he told me. And then I shared with him the research that supports when you do not sleep enough, it raises your blood pressure. It, it changes the way your body uh, metabolizes food. So typically people eat more without knowing, like it's not like you think you're eating more. One study found that for every half hour of sleep that you lost, you, you ate an extra 83 calories. Again, that doesn't sound like much, but you add that up over a year right. and that's eight pounds of excess fat. So um, anyway, I shared all this with him and about the importance of sleep and how it helps as a, as a defrag basically for your brain. And we know how important that is for our computer to help to organize our memory so we can remember things from day to day, helps us to be more creative. And of course it affects our mood, all of that kind of stuff. And so he, said, oh, and, and I was saying, instead of working on your diet, add two more hours of sleep, and I think it'll make a difference. And sure enough, he got up to six hours of sleep, and his weight was going down, his cholesterol was going down, his blood pressure was going down, his stress was going down. And, and what he was so surprised at, he said, you're right, I do work better, I perform better. And he said, so it's not like I need an extra two hours in my day, I'm more productive during the day, and I can still fit in that extra two hours of sleep. So sometimes sleep is that missing link for individuals. Sometimes it's the food, sometimes it's the sleep, but if you're getting less than six hours of sleep, I would definitely recommend when you look, I, I mean, certainly there are, there's a small, you know, percent of people that are outliers that actually need fewer than six hours of sleep, but most of us need more than that. And I have just four basic questions. If so, if you're not quite sure if you're getting enough sleep, you know, ask you, Ron, but also everybody else, you know, can you wake up in the morning without an alarm? Mm -hmm. Yes. If you need an alarm, well, yeah. And, and when you um, are in a meeting of any sort or a long drive, if it's boring, do you start to drift off? 
because that's all, you know, I mean, meetings will always be boring, but that doesn't mean you should fall asleep, <laughs> you know? Same thing, you know, at the end of the, of the day, do you find yourself on the couch or maybe getting drowsy on the drive home? So in other words, when you get out of that stress, I mean, most of us stay alert during the day because we're running on either caffeine or stress or a combination of both of those. But on our drive home, then we're starting to feel a little drowsy. Again, you're not getting enough sleep. And then look at how much sleep you sleep on a work day versus a non-work day. If you think you're you know, sleeping more on those weekends or on your days off, there's a reason. It's because you are short of sleep. And so just those four simple questions can help people assess if they're getting enough sleep. So, um, so I, 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 I would categorize, categorize that as, you know, unconscious um, kind of reset in sleep. And, and, you know, the, whereas maybe the thinking aspect um, of what you've talked about in kind of these four areas is maybe more of a conscious reset. And so, you know, what do, when you talk to folks about um, the importance of, of thinking, you know, what, what do you talk to folks about uh, in that regard? Well, you know, remember that Henry Ford quote, uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. In other words, you know, working with individuals to, to help That's them to understand. Yeah, right. If so, if you say, I, I can't get any more sleep, I can't eat any better, my boss won't let me take a break. I mean, there's nothing I can do. Well, you're absolutely right. There's yeah, nothing. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. So some of that yeah. is just uh, sharing with them. So if I'm working with a company who says, we can't give them any breaks. We can't provide healthy foods. We can't, we can't, we can't. Like, like for example, I was working with a company and they're, you know, when they have good safety records, what do they do? They reward them with a pizza party, <laughs> pizza and soda. <laughs> and then you wonder why you go back to work. And if you're, if you're thinking, well, I've made this record in terms of safety, you know, watch out that next afternoon right after the pizza party because, you know, you know what it's like when you eat a big meal like that, yeah. you kind of get sleepy. And so if, if people or organizations feel that they cannot do something, then they won't be able to make the change. So with organizations, just sharing with them, oh, you know, when I work with this company, we do this. And, you know, I worked with a team and they did this. And it gets them thinking, well, gosh, if, if they did that, I can do that as well. Oh, yeah, let me, let me check with my caterer and see if there's some other options over there. Yeah, let's look at the vending machine and see if there's some other options. Can we provide, you know, some, uh, like, we didn't even talk about fluid, but, you know, if you're working in a hot factory, I live in, in Florida, you know, heat stress is a, is a real big problem, but mm. that also happens in the summers all across the, the world as well. Um, you know, are you providing the fluid? Is it just water? I mean, let's face it, people drink more if it has a little bit of flavor to it, you know? Mm. So just, just looking at all the different options and believing by hearing other stories, that's why I love sharing case studies of what other people are doing helps them to start thinking, well, you know, if, if they did it, I can do it too. I mean, that's so the, just the, one small piece of the, the thought process. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and, uh, and, and I couldn't agree more. Mindset is critically important. And, uh, you know, if you start out in a negative or, or skeptical mindset, you're, you're likely going to, you know, your energy is going to drive in that direction. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I, I love how you're illuminating that for, for folks as well. And, and so the final, um, the final piece is movement. And mm -hmm. so, you know, how do you coach, um, you know, organizations and people around uh, the importance of movement? 
Well, you know, we all know the health benefits of exercise. And that's why I kind of avoided that word. Because exercise, mm -hmm. I think, of in terms of that structured thing where we go for a run or a bike ride or we go surfing or whatever, and we get our heart rate up because it's good for our heart. And we also know that it burns calories, so it's good for our body shape, lowering our cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, all that. So we know the health benefits of exercise. But even if you're exercising an hour a day, what are you doing the other 23 hours? Well, mm. certainly some of it you're sleeping. But you know, if you're just sitting at your desk, that affects your energy, which then in turn affects your productivity, your focus, your concentration, your patience with other people, your creativity, your ability to brainstorm, all of that is affected when you are in an inactive state. So it could be, and there were studies showing that just giving people a desk like you have that goes up and go down so they can sit if they want they can stand if they want just giving them the option you not telling them you have to stand at your desk but just giving them the option invites people to have a little bit of movement giving them permission to take bathroom breaks if you know because a lot of times they say okay you got you know, one minute and people run back <laughs> um sometimes it's just as simple as taking a break so you have to go to the bathroom but instead, you go down the stairs, go around the building, go back up the stairs, go to the bathroom, come back, and it might turn into a five-minute break rather than a one-minute break, but that is enough to re-energize yourself. So getting in you know, a few minutes every hour, again, it's not just for the health benefits, it's for increasing productivity, engagement, mood, um, not to mention, I really... I don't know about you, my best ideas come when I'm walking, when I'm in the shower. They don't come when I'm sitting at the computer trying to think of something. They just don't come that way. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I go out in the morning um, in, in the, uh, I'm fortunate enough where I live in a more rural area, I can get out in the woods. And so I, I take wow. my dog out every morning and um, I meditate first, but I actually then call that my meditative walk. Yes. Because, it, and, and that's where, you know, the creativity and the ideas and, you know, the mind opens up, uh, yeah. you know, completely. So, uh, Absolutely. I, I, I in fact, a lot, of people, a lot of people have shared with me that they're doing this commuting mindfulness walk. In other mm -hmm. words, if you're stuck at home right now and you typically had a 30 minute commute into work and back home, you know, mm -hmm. maybe use that as your period of time where you go for a walk and kind of, like you said, clear your mind. And when you do clear your mind and you're not focusing on politics or what you have to do next or whatever it is, you find that ideas pop in your mind just naturally. So that's meditative. Mindfulness doesn't have to mean that you have to sit on a yoga mat and go, hmm, you know, <laughs> it's wherever you can be mindful. Yeah, I uh, to to totally agree. And um, and, and kind of going back on your um, the the movement uh, view, I really like how you're really talking about it's not a one time event like exercise. And it's funny because you you I don't know, and I haven't looked up the root of exercise, but just the word itself conjures up like work. It's like effort. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like I got to go do something. And, and what yeah. you're really talking about around eating, sleeping, movement, thinking is really about incorporating this in your day to day existence. And it's just it, these aren't one time events, but it's just snippets of, you know, taking a little time out every hour to go do a little movement, you know, making the space to be able to think, you know, in your conscious, uh, you know, self 
being able to, you know, open your mind up and, and, you know, or quiet your mind down, open it up so you can, you know, um, create a better space for, it, for creativity and whatnot. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's where, where one of my strengths is, is helping people understand that it, none of this has to be hard work. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, right. people think I need an eating plan and I need to eat structure. No, 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 no. You know, just sometimes a few small, I call them small shifts. Yeah. And the way you eat, sleep, move, and think can make a huge difference. And, you know, even with this exercise, so if you, people say, I just don't want to exercise, I don't like exercising, you know, I, I, it's too cold, it's too wet, it's too hot. I mean, let's face it, people have so many excuses. But, you know, thinking in terms of just five minutes of movement every hour over, you know, an eight-hour day, I mean, look at that. That's a lot of movement. That's 40 right. minutes. In other words, and, and for those of you who think, oh, well, okay, but it's not going to improve my heart. It actually does. Um, they used to say that all that movement had to be within a, you know, 30 to 45 minute chunk right. of time. And then they started saying, no, it can be a 10 minute chunk of time. Now they're finding out every minute counts. Right. Which makes sense. And I, and, and I love your idea of small shifts. I, I think, you know, a good friend of mine, Tim Furlong has a, a book out, you know, quarter shifts, you know, yes. quarter turns rather, you know, so just, you know, small That's incremental right. changes that you can make. And, mm -hmm. and I, and I, and I do think, you know, um, a lot of times people take too far of swings when they try to make a change instead of making incremental changes, um, you know, that then become more habitual versus kind of the, the wide, uh, you know, change that then, doesn't last very long as no and then they then they go back to what they know which is right. right back at the beginning and then at swinging back and forth it's really bad for the psyche so you know anytime right. we can make it a little bit easier so i like yeah the small little steps quarter turn that was a, he had a good program yeah so I totally agree so um i know we're we're coming up on time here and i can obviously talk to you all day and would love to have you back because I know we, we just scratched the surface on the things that, uh, that you talk to folks about and help coach people on and, and help really um, ensure people are really driving towards peak performance. Before we uh, wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to cover? Actually, Ron, I would just like to share with you that even training in this area doesn't have to be dry and boring. You know, because of this pandemic, when, uh, and I know you saw some of my videos, I like to be fun and interactive, but a while back I took my reboot program and I turned it into a quiz show where mm -hmm. I'm asking questions every three to five minutes and people are putting their answers in the chat or answering the poll or whatever. And then we have drawings for prizes. You know, it's important, I mean, you can't like drill your employees to eat better, to sleep better, or whatever. But if you can get them involved in the process, get them on, you know, wellness committees to come up with some ideas, you know, have training that's fun and interactive. People do make those shifts in the way they think. And then you've got highly engaged, productive individuals who like coming to work, who are more energized. They find it easier to get along with each other. They're more likely to get involved in the process to you know contribute ideas and so forth so all of this pays off don't think of it in terms of how do we get money back from wellness you know this is something we really can't measure right now because there's so many factors but it does pay off just again think of that snickers commercial we know when we don't do the right things we 
change our personality and who we are. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think the work that you're doing is more important than ever and is, you know, as timely as ever. And, and given, you know, what's going on in the world today, it, it feels like organizations and, and leaders now are leaning into this more than ever. And, and uh, frankly speaking, I think organizations who haven't put their people at the forefront, who aren't enabling their people holistically from, you know, both a personal and a professional uh, perspective, you know, they're going to be left in the dust. I mean, this yeah. is just what people are expecting and what's needed more than ever. And I think is a, is a competitive advantage for organizations. And like you said, the, you know, there's no specific ROI, you know, KPI related to wellness where it really manifests itself is in the overall productivity and the mm -hmm. business outcomes that highly engaged employees, you know, drive versus, yeah. you know, uh, non-engaged employees. So, right. yeah, that, this, this was an amazing conversation. I really, you know, want to thank you for your time and insights today. We're really grateful to have you on. Um, how, how may our listeners best connect with you moving forward? Probably go straight to my website, which is just four letters drjo.com no dots dashes or anything just drjo.com and i've got all the links there you know you can download a, a white paper on fatigue in the workplace if that's what you're interested in and you can check out some of the videos bring me in for some training buy my book by the way which is reboot and <laughs> uh, how to power up your energy so love it and uh We'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. And uh, love your website. It's very easy to navigate and love the programs that you have. And you got all sorts of options for, for coaching and, and for really uh, helping educate people and really um, helping individuals and organizations get to the next level. So uh, thank you again. Um, for those of you who are listening, uh, thank you. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you prefer to get your stream. We'd also really appreciate it if you provide us with a rating and review. If you have any questions or comments for us, please feel free to contact us at talentstorm at interviewstream.com. Dr. Joe, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, Ron. Nice talking with you. Thanks, everyone. It's all good. Cheers. <laughs>